we deliver is um, smartphones with an FM tuner enabled. The earbuds are the antenna. It is not streaming. It is your local radio. Uh, our magic, our secret sauce is an app that is via connections to the live radio stations, the imagery and the visuals that match with what you're hearing. So in the uh, little picture on the screen there, what you see is uh, an L King song that uh, uh, assumes that that's what the audio is that that person's listening to on that station. And behind that, kind of superset behind that image is a thing called Live Guide, which is an, a presentation of everything in your listening area that's playing right now, visually presented to you prior to tuning to that station. So it's a product we rolled out at the Radio NAB last year. So consumer side, engagement, uh, here's what you're listening to, very, very, you know, uh, driven, kind of like an internet experience, but not streaming. And on the right side is more of the advertiser, which I'm going to really dive into and give you the reason why you being here today gives you the advantage I alluded to. Advertisers can now measure radio and track the value of that broadcast down to data attribution levels. Live broadcast radio tuner, FM smartphone measurement, one app for the broadcaster. That's a video, I'm not gonna play it. You can go to nextradioapp.com and watch it because I'm afraid it won't play. So a couple of things how it works. Um, you know, I think the secret sauce we have is a little piece of software we put in the radio stations. As the audio goes out to the big transmitter in the field, um, we get little bits of information back and we know exactly what's being played out over the air via little text strings. And so our job in the cloud is then to say, oh, that's a Luke Bryan song airing on this country station in Indianapolis. Put that album art for that song in the app. Uh, put the buy button. Put the proper artist and title information. We provide a bar. This is a little bit outdated. We have a new version that rolled out uh, roll out next week. Um, a little a little sexier uh, view of it, uh, but essentially gives the consumer the ability to send information back to the station, like dislike, share it on social media, uh, so on and so forth. And then in everything that we do, um, we have a primary call button. If you look on the screen, it's a uh, Dennis from Allstate, and uh, the Find Nearby button, you can't see it on the screen with the pointer, um, is uh, every time his commercial played everywhere in the United States, uh, the person could choose to click the, uh, the Find Nearby button, uh, Google Maps will pop up, and little pins drop on the map that says, here's your nearest agent, would you like to drive to them? That was one of the campaigns we did, and I'll show you some results of that. <coughs> A few more examples of companion ads. So essentially, every time the commercial is played at a local radio station, Anyone that's using Next Radio app with their FM-enabled smartphone sees the image that copies what you're hearing. So the success of radio, and if you're in radio, you understand what I'm saying. You can visualize there's one, two, three, four, six check marks on the screen. What does radio do typically? Right? They ask you to visit a website. They tell you to call a number, direct response. They give you uh, information about a sale. Um, they tell you the nearest location to visit, locally or national brands. They want you to text to win or text for something to, to give you a, a, an advertiser benefit. Or they want to invite you to an event. So what we've done is essentially created these shortcuts in the app that you, the broadcaster, if you're part of Tag Station, our network that is connected to the radio stations, you would um, go into your Tag Station portal and you would say, hey, I'm selling a LifeLock commercial locally or nationally. Make sure that picture is displayed. Make sure this tagline, which matches the copy and the creative in the commercial, and the primary action button matches what the listener is hearing being told to do by the commercial. So these are three examples that we have of different uh, different scenarios. Got a, a Darius Rucker, uh, hang out with Darius Rucker thing down there. Add to your calendar. So if you touch add to calendar, it would just 
open up Android and uh, add it to your calendar with details. So let's talk about radio measurement for just a little bit here. Yes, we have FM-enabled smartphones uh, endorsed by the National Association of Broadcasters, funded in part by the NAB, um, uh, do work directly with the entire radio industry for the benefit of growing listening, for making radio portable again, for getting radio out of the dashboard and into your hand of your consumer. Yes, we are doing all those things. What does that lead to? What it leads to is exactly what we're doing with, uh, with Home Depot, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little bit more in detail here for, in just a couple slides. Um, but um, think about this world where if you're part of this, this platform with us, um, as the commercial has aired or the program has aired, um, you, can, you can measure things. You can measure the engagement with the listener. You can see reports on the demographic data about that listener. And this is not sample data. This is not Nielsen-like sample data, you know, hundreds of thousands of meters uh, to extrapolate how many people heard this. This is census data. We have 7 million downloads. This is census data in every market in the United States about what exactly it is that your advertiser uh, is getting, the benefit they're getting from radio. Who can say proof of performance better than that, right? So we've got listener engagement, we've got demographic data, and by the way, because it's a smartphone, we have the exact location of the listener, okay? Why is that important? So we travel around, or we used to travel around and talk to carriers and handset makers. We do less of that um, because we're having good enough success there. Um, we travel around, we talk to record labels and advertisers, um, uh, agencies, uh, you know, different people that, that, uh, that have interest here in, in radio's future as an advertiser. And so this is a story we tell. Everybody that's in radio understands what the reach of radio is, right? You could, any speech you go to this week, they'll talk about 200-something million people weekly or whatever that that story is that they're, they're talking about, Nielsen, et cetera. It's mass market reach. Got it. Okay, so what we do is we take that audio that you hear and we enhance it with content, which, is, which grows the engagement rate by four times. People listen four times longer to local radio when you put engaging enhanced content in front of them. We present them with a call to action, and for everything they do in Next Radio, we measure it. We measure it, and we create this real-time reporting aspect that at the end of the day, if you're standing there talking to Home Depot or Burger King or Comcast or Allstate or anyone, this is what they want. They want to know that their radio commercial ultimately ends up in a data-driven decision. Okay, that's what we often pitch and often get the most uh, positive response on is this little chart that shows you how we convert the mass market reach of radio down to a functional report of exactly how many people you reached and made a difference. Okay. Here's a few more examples uh, that we have here, and I'm going to dig a little bit deeper uh, on this particular slide because what I've focused on primarily is um, really kind of the main now plane screen. And if you're looking at this Ford ad on the left, um, what you see is obviously that would be a Ford commercial. There's some, obviously the commercial is about 0% APR financing for 60 months, so the graphic matches the commercial. The call to action at the bottom and the primary button all lead to um, something that Ford obviously wanted to be the result. Um, that is a very common thing that we, we see. Um, below that, or below the fold, what you have are these content cards. And these are more of a static card. So um, things that would be like a brand, like a, let's say you're a morning show host and your show is brought to you by a particular brand. You might want to just make that card static 
and leave it there. It has the same kind of call to action results. It's not as large and prominent as a now playing screen, but it is another uh, piece of inventory that you can count as impression, that you can drive results to the, the consumer. On the right side, we see native ads. Does anybody just see the last guy's uh, presentation? Was anybody here for their native ad presentation? So the native ads are the new banner ads. The native ads are intelligent ads. They're like ta ad tags on steroids. They're really targeted behaviorally down to who you are, what your behavior is, what personics category you fit in, so on and so forth. Um, so we've implemented native ads there. Um, companies like Facebook, um, Yahoo, AOL One, these are all very common native ad providers. And so those are the three really kind of deep inventory pieces that we have. Again, this is local radio listening. And, and advertising types built into Next Radio. It is not streaming. It is not ad replacement. It is not ad insertion. It is this is what's playing on your live broadcast radio station, and we're presenting a visual and a call to action to go with it. <coughs> a little bit of uh, perspective on some of the results that we see. Um, if you look at the native ads, uh, really high engagement. Uh, live guide, something we rolled out in uh, Indianapolis NAB show, and that's that um, live picture, live tiles of everything that's airing. Um, we see that people listen to uh, radio through the app. They spend about 30% of their time just staring at that screen. Um, a Pinterest effect, I guess, is what I would refer to it as. Um, you know, the toggling of the of the different tiles. Um, the companion ads that I mentioned, which is kind of the now plain view, that's still Dennis. And there's the example I showed you. So an Allstate ad airing, and on the right side, the, the super uh, suppose right there, the um, uh, the locations of the lo local agents while that person's listening to that commercial. Um, we got about 2.3 percent click through rate on that test, and that <coughs> that is uh, about uh, what 12 times higher than what a banner ad can say they accomplish. Um, so again, the power of radio, mass market, visual, engaging call action button uh, leads to 2.3% or better click-through rates. And on the music side, this is what blows the record labels away. Uh, we did a Kanan Smith, Billy Currington, Luke Bryan package where we released their albums for them through the country throughout the summer. And we got as high as 18% engagement rate. Um, as the song was playing, people choosing to buy the song or wanting to learn more about the song blew the minds of the record label people. This number, most importantly, 5.4% of the people listening to that song on Next Radio, 5.4% chose to go to the Google, ad, Google Play Store and buy it. So people say, does, record, does, does radio sell records? Uh, yeah, they sell records. Uh, don't worry about the exact growth numbers. These are little tests that we've done in, in kind of pockets uh, around the United States, Allstate and Sprint. Um, what you really want to pay attention to are the last two columns. Um, this is really, really important because radio is not used to this kind of uh, visual aspect of, of advertising. So um, what we're really proud of is that our numbers are growing where we keep the backlight on more often. We're, we're not just people listening to audio. They're listening to audio and we're getting them to convert to be people that actually look at their phone. People look at their smartphones about 150 times a day. We want to listen a little more, a little more frequently than that uh, for the ads that we're not behaviorally used to um, getting someone to do. That's a really big task, and I, I can't explain that enough. But most importantly, is the last column we were getting this conversion. I, I told you about Allstate, 2.3%. Um, these are a couple sprint tests we did. Uh, we were getting uh, 1.3 and 1.4%. These are still great numbers. Um, when you talk about converting a digital ad, like a banner or something equivalent, into somebody that actually clicks through um, to the call to action. 
So let me just dive in a little bit into the reporting aspect. Um, and I mentioned that we go around to these advertisers and record labels and agencies and we tell this story. And um, I will be as blunt as I can. The, the, some of the largest radio advertisers in this country would tell you if you sat across the table with this topic in your hand, they would tell you that we have solved the single largest problem facing radio in the future. Their comments are things like, if you don't have a data attribution solution within the next couple of years, the amount of money we spend in radio will decline. Okay, so, and they're, they are being mean. Um, you know, they're, they're companies that are investing in things like beacon technology and proximity to um, banner boards. And you know, if your car and your smartphone drove past this billboard, did you end up in their store and buy something? If you don't think they're not investing in that, then you're, then you're missing the boat here. So what we have created is, like I said before, a platform that, yes, it brings portability. It increases listening. It, it gives you know, the, the, the listener something new. But it gives the radio broadcaster, the owner, even something more powerful. It gives them a new tool. It empowers you to measure your listener yourself. And it empowers you to engage with them in a new way that ultimately you can go out and use for your own music programming decisions and your own uh, ad sales and your own promotional tools. You can do all those things yourself. That's what the platform is built for. And it's why the NAB has, has really kind of come forward with us because as broadcasters ourselves, MS Communications owns Next Radio, we, you know, we're doing this because we want our radio industry to succeed. So this is really about the radio broadcasters. So a few things that we're, uh, we're doing with the measurement now, uh, you obviously plays, listens, views, interactions. Um, but then you know, for that song or that commercial, what genre, what call sign, what city performed better, what day part, what hour, what part of an hour got the most results when your commercial played? Uh, you know, all those things are, are things that we can deliver and we have delivered to uh, advertisers. And then we convert that information. We match up a Google Ad ID and a latitude, longitude. We trade data with companies, really powerful companies like Experian, Ninth Decimal, and others to turn this into something that tells a better story. So the reporting aspect and the measurement aspect is really the advantage I was kind of joking around with you guys when I said, if you're radio people, I'm about to give you an advantage. If you're a tax station customer and you're part of Next Radio as the industry is, everything that you do to build your engagement with your audience through the app, you then can go in and do all of this reporting yourself. These are your measurement tools, right? They're your things to work with. They're your ads to build, your promote promotions to build. So um, I've said Home Depot a couple times. Um, you know, the, I'm sorry, I'll add one more last slide here. So this is just kind of a breakdown of what I was trying to explain to you. So if you look at the couple of the uh, sample data that we use for, uh, this is the Sprint sample. Um, you know, we're able to then convert the, the listener in Next Radio and show weights um, by uh, unique listeners. So um, on the left side, you have unique listeners, uh, their age range, their household income, what language do they speak, uh, their typical education level, college or less. Um, and then the unique viewers, which if you remember, I showed you the conversion, 20% uh, up to 50%. Uh, Those people you convert to unique viewers, how do they differ from the people that just listen to your station? And uh, Allstate was one where, as the, I, I wasn't at the meeting, but my team said, when they started showing them this data and said, this station in this market in this hour got more people to engage and find an agent than any other thing in your market. And by the way, they were primarily Hispanic and age, whatever. They started bringing people in the room. They started going out in the hallway and saying, holy, you got to come and watch this. 
So it's a difference maker. Um, we need, you know, there's scale, there's things that we're continuing to grow, um, but this is exactly what radio needs is that ability to report more specifically on census-based usage of the smartphone, uh, smartphone listener. So I'm gonna go through a series of slides here that might spook you, I'm not trying to spook you. Um, if you use a smartphone, you should just accept that everything you do is tracked by everyone that builds an app and you use that app or wherever you go and shop for. Um, all those things are tracked and measured on, every single one of them. We're not that spooky, uh, we're not that creepy. What we do is we know who the next radio listener is. We know your Google ad ID, we know your latitude, longitude, 100,000 times a day. But we don't know who you are. We just we, we match that data up with people and aggregate it. So I'm going to stay out of the creepy lane. Um, I don't know like your address and your phone number and all that stuff. That's not what we do. Um, what we do is we build a data set that will help radio grow advertising. Will help record labels continue to like us as a tool to help them understand the marketplace and how to how to promote their their particular act at the time. So what you're looking at is one person that we tracked for seven days in Philadelphia. The little red pins on the map are every single place they listen to radio for that seven days. All right, if I zoomed in, I'd be probably within about two to three meters of accuracy. Okay, so I know who this person is. Again, I don't know who they are by name or by number or address. I get that information aggregated back to me and I can't do anything to them. I can't communicate to them and I'm by, by certainly don't want to treat them as a standalone user. I want that to be filled with every pen of every listener and then reporting that data as aggregated data. That's what we're doing. Now, why are the Home Depot icons on, on the map? Well, Home Depot is now a paying customer of ours that wants to see this information. They like radio, they spend money in radio. I think they're the second largest spot radio spender in the whole industry. Um, but they want this information. They want to know that their investment in radio is getting what they want out of it. So if I zoom out a little bit here, um, what I start to see is a little more detail about that person. Um, you know, I, I can start to look at, you know, where they were when they heard something. I can say, where was your proximity when this commercial was playing? Um, I can cluster things, like um, this little spot here is probably where they live, this little spot here is probably where they work, and I can, I can figure that out, and I can look at their drive route every day. Uh, so now I can say that they pass a billboard, and that's important to an advertiser. It's important to a radio marketer. Hey, I've got $100,000 to spend on billboards. Where do I want to put it? Well, look at your map. Where do your P1s live? Where do they drive every day? Right? This is information radio has never had in their lifetimes about, about what your listeners are actually doing. So we query that data. We match it up with, uh, like I said, Experian. Um, we um, actually uh, just signed a deal um, with a company called Ninth Decimal. If you're not familiar with them, uh, they are probably the most awesome company at location index conversion. So what they do is they map every retail location in the United States um, to a physical location on a map, and then they translate the users, the Google ad IDs, into the frequency of which those people visit. So I could say this person uh, that we're tracking goes to Burger King twice a week, uh, shops at Costco once a month. I can, I can you know, profile that audience in a different way than what radio is used to. So what is, uh, what is it the Home, De Home Depot wants from us? They want to know, did those people come to that store? They want to know if uh, in this particular project we're in now, if you're in radio um, and you happen to be on the Home and Garden uh, springtime buy, the Home and Garden buy, it's a kind of a seasonal thing. Um, every time that those Home and Garden commercials run today, we're putting a visual of a garden 
or a rake or I don't know what it is, a grill or something, and a call to action that says visit the website or find the nearest location. And then we're monitoring that for them and we're giving them a report of just how many people that heard that spot traveled to one of their stores. That is attribution. That's data attribution. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you as plainly as I can, that is exactly what the radio industry needs to, to, to get back on this, this growth trajectory that we all need. Digital's okay, streaming's okay. It's not the perception is by these advertisers and record labels is everybody does streaming. Right? Everybody does those things. If you can attribute live broadcast radio in that market specifically to this person or this aggregated group of people, this is the holy grail. Okay? So I want you all to under, understand those, those pieces of information. So in summary, um, and then I can take some questions if uh, somebody wants. I'll, I'll just wrap up on this slide and then we can. Is that okay? Yeah? Okay. So um, again, I talked about Next Radio. It's not streaming. It's not IP. It's not, uh, you know, an internet connection over Wi-Fi or a cell modem. It is a broadcast tuner turned on in your smartphone, your earbuds or your antenna. The internet or the IP connection is used to deliver the interactive content, right? The pictures, the engagement, the modeling, the reporting. What Next Radio does is it brings portability back. It lets the consumer take that with them, which is what we see a lot of. Um, they take it out of their car again, they save battery life, they save data usage, and they listen to live radio, which means uh, sports, which may be blacked out on the stream, uh, which means uh, news and talk that's not buffered, um, which means live radio is live again. Ball game mode is not a ball game mode, it's just live radio. Um, so it's, it, that in itself is really, really fascinating. It's kind of our original goals. But if you look at the second bullet, what we're trying to do is build something that the radio industry in its entirety can benefit from. Rich measurement of data. I hope I've given you enough of an example. I gave you one example of a lot of projects we have going on. Um, hopefully that help, gives you some insights into uh, what it means to have an attribution model for broadcast radio. Hopefully you got a grasp of that. And, you know, it's a first-to-market opportunity. You know, when you go out in the marketplace and you're talking to an advertiser or an agency or people that have a lot of money to spend, let's say it's a Walmart and they have a $1 billion spending budget for advertising. You know, radio gets, what, $60 million of that, $50 million, $40 million, I don't know. They always have things they want to try. They're always looking for ways to invest in things that, that are new. And we're giving them something uh, new to try. Um, hopefully we convert them into always thinking about uh, radio data attribution as a, a, a component of radio spot buying. That would be ideal. Uh, but for now, you know, we're really coming in there as a first-to-market opportunity. And we'd love for anybody that's in this space or on the radio listening uh, to, uh, to go to tagstation.com, which is the cloud service, or nextradioapp.com, and just kind of watch our progress. So with that, I'll take questions if there are any. Thanks. Paul, uh, Paul, what are you planning to do about Bluetooth headsets? Because obviously a, an FM tuner needs the earbuds for uh, an antenna. And if uh, Bluetooth's become more ubiquitous, their FM tuner is not going to work the way it is now unless phone manufacturers change their phones to include antennas, and they're not going to do that. Right. So let me just start with this. We created a market that did not exist. We paid our way at $15 million a year into a sprint to turn on FM and smartphones because they said the market was irrelevant. Okay? We proved them that was wrong. Now we've got AT&T, T-Mobile, so on and so forth. So we've taken away a lot of technical barriers in that process. So in that evolution of three years, we became very close with a little company called Qualcomm. You ever heard of those guys? 
So uh, Qualcomm fell in love with what we were doing because we brought value to something they automatically include into their chipset but was being turned off by carriers and handset makers. So we've now gone into a partnership with them. Uh, they have a product, two products called Qual, uh, um, Qualcomm Reference Design, which is the chipset enablement stack, and then another piece called Global Pass, which is automatically including FM radio into everything they help every handset maker build. The reason I'm telling you that story is because the next version we work on will be Bluetooth enabled. So it's not lost on us. We get that. We do focus groups. People tell us that. You still need a wire because guess what? It's a medium wave 88 to 108 frequency that doesn't work on a printed circuit board unless you hold your phone like that all the time. Physics, okay? You need a piece of wire. I can't help that. So you got to plug it in. That's still always going to be there. But if I can say, oh, don't send that audio to the speaker of the phone. Don't send that audio to the earbud. Send it to a Bluetooth device. I'm going to bring that to market. But do you think that people are going to want to walk around with a phone with a wire sticking out of it that isn't connected to anything? I don't know the answer to that question. We have people walking around with earbuds in right now. Um, we definitely do focus groups where people say it would be most helpful in home. I'll give you that, right? That people that we've done a focus group say, wow, I want to use this in my house, but I can't get a little mini speaker to mini speaker wire. So I think it would change our in-home listening uh, more than it would our mobility. If you're, you're, your question is a very good one, but I think it's more of a plug it in, route it to my Bose sound bar or whatever it is. That's exactly what we're going for. Keep <laughs> and I came late, so I apologize if I missed this. Maybe you discussed this, but I know when I, I've used the Next Radio app and I'm using headsets, it kind of dawned on me that if I had been a uh, PPM panelist, that wouldn't have registered on PPM because I, by nature, why, why mobile, not? you're going to be using headset all the time. Okay, and but but Nielsen has a pass-through meter. Okay. Yeah, they have a box. It's a passive meter. You plug your headphone box into that and then the wire into your output jack. Um, I would venture to guess that it's a very low percentage of conversion, um, but we work with Nielsen. I mean, we, you know, we, like I said, we, we're census-based, second-by-second radio listening. Um, we apply the same rules anybody else does, a Triton or anything that's a measurement of 30 seconds or more, um, and we provide Nielsen our data. We, we are very cooperative with them because we, we do believe now it might not be at a scale where the supplemental measurement makes that much of a lift difference in your rating point, but it's about the attribution. At the end of the day, it's about the attribution. So the app itself does have some collection data from users. Then. Yeah, you missed half the speech. Yeah, I apologize. That's why I came late. That's, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's really, exciting for me. Yeah, that's really the whole purpose of it. I mean, is to be able to convert that that, that FM listener into a smartphone location-based behavioral measurement device. That's what we've done. And that's really the heart of why radio people should be a lot more excited about this. Any other questions? Any other questions? All right. Paul, do you want to wrap Same. it up for everybody? <laughs> Paul's now going to do a musical number. Um, <laughs> he's, been, he's been working on it. <laughs> they can't see that on radio. They can't see my jazz hands on radio. And right behind but us is the next radio no, booth, please, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Please, if you have questions, gentlemen. I'll stick around over there for a few minutes. But uh, thank you. Thank you, everybody. So stick around in the Advanced Advertising Theater. We're going to be back at 3 o'clock with a fantastic panel moderated by Mike Bloxham from Maggot TV Research. He's going to be talking to, to uh, uh, Warner Brothers and also to CBS 
um, about what, to, what, what are major broadcasters looking at in the future for television advertising. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with more at the NAB Show Live here on voiceamerica.com at the Advanced Advertising Theater. This is Lori Schwartz, the Tech Cat. We'll be back soon. <laughs> 